Last week, we started a series that just was entitled The Cross, and last week we saw the cross of victory, and that cross, Jesus' cross, I stated it that it was an event, but that event was so much more. The cross is so much more than something that happened one Friday, that at the end of the day, as the sun was going down, so much more happened. The verse that we have for this month in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that we stated, it is about that cross, the cross of victory that brings power. Without that cross, without Him doing what He did on that day, there is no power. There is no reason for us to be here. And so some 2,000 years later, we bring the cross to today. And that's just the title of our message this morning, the cross for today. So as we shift gears just a little bit in talking about the cross, and we see the cross of today, let me ask you a couple of questions and then maybe one or two more. What does it, the cross, mean today? What does the cross mean today? What is this life that you and I are living, what is it to be about? And so trying to uh, understand those questions, let me ask one more and then We'll continue. Who are you? Who are you? Are you just flesh and bones? You know, the 206 that every single one of us have, the 27. Are we just 27 bones on our left hand and 27 bones on our right and 26 in each of our feet? Is that who we are? Just flesh and bones? Who are you? Brown hair? Blue eyes? Freckles? Tall, dark, and handsome? Or as my insurance brother states, vertically challenged or your height-weight ratio is a little out of kilter? Some of you will get that later. Who are you? Is it just physical attributes that make us who we are? My argument to you this morning is this, that you and I are so much more than that. You and I are more than flesh, bones, hair color, even personality. You and I are created beings with a soul, with an eternal soul that will spend eternity in one of two places, period. And we are jumping into a passage of Scripture. And that's the one thing that I hate about 
preaching a series of sermons that we just jump into this passage and then next week we'll jump into another passage. But I believe that we we need to do that periodically, but I would rather just start in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, and go all the way through it so that we can get the context. But here's the context of this passage that we're jumping into. Right before it, Jesus asked his disciples two questions. Who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And they answer, well, some of them think that you're Elijah. Even some say that you're John the Baptist. But but they say that you are a prophet or a teacher. Okay? Well, disciples sitting around me, Jesus asked this question. Who do you say that I am? And from that question... Jesus does something that only he does. Peter answers him the question, and then there is something else that Jesus says, and Peter answers again. And in those two answers that Peter gives, it is the polar end of the spectrum from each other. And Jesus' response is the greatest response in both of those instances of polar extremes that he does to anybody else. Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Peter, you couldn't get that on your own. God gave that to you. That is awesome. And then then Jesus says, "Um, just to let you all know, disciples, that... uh, The Son of Man points to Himself. The Son of Man will suffer and die. And in three days He will rise from the dead. And Peter says, there's no way that's happening, Jesus. You can't do that. There's no way. I've given up everything for you in essence. I've given up my livelihood, my family. I've given up everything. People hate me because I'm walking with you. You can't do that. And he says, This, the polar opposite, extreme, he says, get behind me, Satan. Scandalon. You're a temptation. You are a hindrance to what God has for me. Get behind me. And then Jesus, after that, says these words. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man, the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, There are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. 
Heavenly Father, I bow before you. Lord, you know the condition of every single individual in this room. Lord, you know where we stand with you. Father, you you gave us this passage. Mainly, I believe, you gave us this passage for those of us who are believers in you. And Father, this passage, I believe, today is for us who believe you to be our Lord and our Savior, who believe you to be the only Lord and Savior that there could be. And Jesus, you gave your disciples this passage so that we would know what our lives should look like. What the activities of our lives should be on a daily basis after bowing the knee. After confessing with our mouth that you are our Lord. Father, would you speak over these moments? And God, would we see you and would we come close to you? Father, would we be yours? I ask it in your son's name. Amen. Three points this morning. As we look at the cross of today, the first is this, the first point for us this morning is this, that a disciple's life is following. That's what a disciple does. That's who a disciple is. They are a follower. You are a disciple. You are following someone or something every single moment of every single day. You are a follower. You're following something. You're following someone. And Jesus says to those sitting around him, he said, all right, disciples, if you want to follow me, then the invitation is there for you. The invitation was there 2,000 years ago as they were in Galilee, as they were in Jerusalem, as they found themselves in, in Israel, and they found themselves walking every single day and spending hour upon hour, day after day, with this Savior. They were offered to follow Him. And the offering is still there for you and for me today. But you're following someone. I'm following something. Every day we are followers. Some of us like to think that we're blazing our own trail, but we are all followers. A disciple is one who follows. A disciple is to be one who looks like the one that he or she is following. 
So therefore, if you and I were to go and look at the mirror in our bathroom and just take a good hard look. I did this this week and I hated it. But, but, I, but I made myself look at the mirror and I'm just joking halfway with you right now. But, but I looked at that mirror and I said, you are a follower of Krispy Kreme donuts, buddy. Whew. You are a follower of a blue lazy boy chair. But then I looked a little deeper. And it's more than physical attributes to be a disciple. And the disciples that were following Jesus, they all had a physical characteristic or physical attributes. But there was also something deeper. There was also some spiritual attributes that were coming to the surface and were seen. And if you and I look at the mirror of who we are, we are all following someone, following something, and we look like those things that we follow. Disciples' life is following And that invitation is there. But then he goes there in verse number 24 and continues and says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. Following Jesus is all about denying self. You say, how how does that go together for those who are following and denying self? Well, the answer is this. Let's look at Jesus. He is the ultimate example. If you and I are disciples of Jesus and we are to look like Jesus and we're following Jesus, therefore we are going to look like Jesus, then what did he do? Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 down through verse 8 states, this is what he did. Have this mind in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, all right? So if we're being followers, if we're being disciples, then we need to have the same mind that he had. Have this mind, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, denied himself. emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. One of the attributes, one of the the items that you and I can look at, you and I can see, if we are followers of Christ, we need to look like Him. And He looked like one who would deny Himself. He looked like one who would humble Himself even to the point of being a sacrifice. Even that of the cross. Denying self is hard. Isn't it? You love you. You love you more than you love anybody else most of the time. Now, there are those 
rare occasions, you know, like when you're looking in the mirror and you're like, man, you look terrible. But, but there are those rare occasions when you don't love you as much as you might love somebody else. But you love you. And to deny yourself, for us to deny ourselves is hard. So if a disciple's life is following and that part of following is denying yourself, how do we act that out? Take, at your look, take a look at yourself for a moment. As a follower of Jesus, you are to look like Him. Do you? Do you look like Him, students? Moms, do you look like Him? Dads, do you look like Him? Sir, ma'am, do you look like Him? Do you look more like Jesus today than you did last month? How have you grown in the last year spiritually? You are to be further down the road than you were in 2017, in 2016, in 2012. If you knew Jesus in those years, you and I were to be further down the road than at that moment. What has changed in your life the last six months that brought you closer to your rabbi? That brought you closer to your teacher? That brought you closer to your Lord? Jesus was on a mission. He was focused to accomplish what the mission was. And following Him makes you look like Him. Living like Him. Understanding that you and I too are on a mission. Not only do we see that disciple... That disciples mean following. But we see a second point this morning that taking up the cross is a daily reminder for all disciples. Taking up the cross. Jesus says right there in verse 24, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. You know, this is one of the only... This is one of few passages, not the only, but one of few passages that all four Gospels has. All four Gospels have this paragraph, have this episode, have this account between Jesus and the disciples. Luke records it just a tad different than Matthew does. Luke states this, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Taking up the cross is a daily reminder for all disciples. In 1951, a pastor in England recorded these words about taking up the cross. And I believe that they resonate for you and for me to try to understand what is the cross. Dr. Akinga stated this, 
The cross is not the little fiddling cross that you have picked up because you have a provocative husband or an intemperate wife or because you have some trouble or sickness. That is not your cross. There is only one cross, he continues. And it is the cross of Christ. And unless you and I in turn, are willing to take up the cross of Christ. We cannot do the work that He did in this world. If He had compassion, if He served, if He denied self, if He sacrificed and suffered, that is the cross we are to take up and follow Christ daily. Take up His cross daily. Every single day, you and I come into a situation or a circumstance, especially at least every week, we we think, man, this is the cross. Is it? The cross that you and I are to bear, the cross that Paul speaks of in Ephesians, that he speaks of in Romans, that he speaks of in Galatians, that he speaks of to those in Corinth, is this cross. It's not a different cross. And for you and for me, we must take up the cross. What does it mean? Let me, sh- let me give an example quickly and we'll move to the third and final point this morning. I've shared this with you before. It just blew me away when it occurred. I was serving on staff at First Baptist Church, Durham, North Carolina. I was a youth minister, interim youth minister for three and a half years. That's a long interim. That's a long youth ministership for that matter. But it was a long interim. And we got a new pastor. And the pastor is still there today. Um, But uh, Dr. Davis loved to go to the public library. And uh, on Mondays, he, he would walk across the street from, from our campus, from First Baptist Durham, and he would walk to the public library a couple blocks away, and he would just sit down and he'd study. And uh, he is a, a, a brain. He is, he is graduated from uh, MIT, graduated from Southern Seminary with a doctorate in philosophy. I don't think he's ever made a B. He has memorized so many books of the Bible, like 35 of them and counting, and there aren't, they aren't all Obadiah, right? And so he was sitting there, and he was looking through some periodicals, and he saw a magazine that should not be in the periodicals that he thought, and that magazine was Playboy. And he took the copy to the front desk and said, I don't think that this is a periodical. And... It was as if he like stood up and said, we need to have like all of government overthrown. There was news stations, there were newspaper articles, and, and I watched him day after day, and I watched him week after week, and he just took the blows because he was standing up for Christ. Christ wasn't there at the moment, physically, but his representation was there. 
Andy Davis stood and he got backlash from every single person. And they came into the service, they came into the building, and he just stood there and humbled himself, spoke the truth, served, and God moved. And it was amazing to see the cross being picked up and carried by this one right in front of my eyes. Taking up the cross for you and for me is a daily reminder for all disciples. Final point this morning. The cross today is obedience. The cross today is obedience and joy forever. If you have come to the place in your life, maybe as a young man in middle school or high school, that you bowed the knee, as Brandon stated that he did. That you have accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. The point for you and for me today is this. No matter if it happened last week, last night, last minute, last decade, whenever it was, if that has occurred with you, ma'am, sir, if that has happened, you are no longer your own. You're not your own. If you're still yours, you're not saved. Because to be saved, He buys you back. He redeems you. He ransoms you with His blood, with His body, with His death on the cross. And the point for us today is that you're not your own. You're His. He paid for you with His cross. And when all is said, when it's all said and done, one day every single one of us are going to stand in front of Him. And God's going to be talking to you. He's not going to be talking to the person to your right or to your left. He's not going to be talking to the person behind you in line. The person in front of you has already finished their time in front of God's throne. And He's going to be talking to you. And He's going to say something like this to us Hernandoians. Do you think it's going to matter if it were to happen today? Do you think it's going to matter if you're caught up with the, with the uh, sitcom or the show This Is Us? Do you think it's going to matter that you and I spend about $1,500 on cable a year? And we give about $1,100 a year to the kingdom. Let's talk about time for a second. 52 weekends at some ball field or some court. Maybe 12 hours on the mission field. And we're going to stand in front of him. 
what's your answer going to be? Um, well, I really wanted Nathan and Mary Morgan. I really, really, we're going that direction. The God of all creation. The cross for you and for me is about obedience. Jesus stated this in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I came that you, River Bend, you, sir, ma'am, you might have life and have it abundantly. The cross is about obedience today. And it's about joy forever. Brandon stated this verse as he was closing just a moment ago. and He said what Jesus recorded in John chapter 14 verse 6. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody, no one comes to the Father except through me. I get it. I'm with you. I understand it. You and I want what's best. You and I go through this week and we say, I want what's best. We have so many opportunities to choose. Is this better than this? I think I'm going to choose this because I think it's better. We do that. More than any other civilization, more than any other culture, we have those blessings to do that. And they are given by our great God. Jesus says this. You want what's best? I have it for you. Why don't you follow me? You want what's best? I have it. Why don't you deny yourself? You think that's best, but it's really not. It's really not. I have what's best for you. It's right here. If you would just follow me. If you would just take up the cross. Deny yourself and follow me. I will give you the very best. You will not. You will not regret following me. Do you see what he says in verse 26, 27? He says, hey, I'm coming back. And I will repay you for everything you've done. You and I. Let me, let me just talk to myself. You, Brian, you just won't be patient. You won't be satisfied with what the outcome is because you want it right now. I close with this quote. It's a pretty long one, but I close with this quote from W.W. W. Martin. 1931, another present-day preacher, right? On the one hand, on the one hand, there is the challenge of Christ and it has been laid in front of you. And on the other, the pull and the tug of this present world. And now comes the hour, the moment of decision for you and for me. 
We're at the parting of the ways. One leads back to a life with its former experiences of dissatisfaction and failure, defeat, and disappointment. And the other leads us upward and onward to a new experience, to a life exhilarating and yet difficult, to a life buoyant and yet costly, or in scriptural language, to a life more abundant. Which will you choose? Jesus says to you and to me, if anyone would come after me, you want to be my disciple? The invitation is out there, sir. You want to be my disciple? The invitation is out there, ma'am. The moment of decision for you is right now. Which direction are you going to go? Father, we come. We come. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Jesus, may you be glorified today in this place from these moments of looking at your word. May you be glorified. Father, may you be glorified. Spirit, may you be glorified. Would you please work? May you work in my heart, bringing me closer to you. Because as a disciple, Father, I am supposed to look like you. I'm supposed to look like you more today than I did last week or last month. Father, for those that don't know you as Father, Jesus, for those that are in this room that do not know you as Savior and Lord, would you use this morning to open blind eyes, spiritual eyes, to open deaf ears and to raise dead men and women, boys and girls for your glory because that is what you are all about. God, may you use us this week on a mission. Sir, the uh, invitation is for you this morning. Your responsibilities are great, sir. I know, ma'am, I know they are. From nine to five every single day, you are you're working. But that's not your mission. Sir, ma'am, the, the mission is the mission that Jesus, your Lord and your Savior, has been on before the foundation of the world. It's your mission as well. It's my mission. And the invitation to join Him in that mission is before you this morning. Would you respond? Would you respond right there in your seat? Would you respond 
possibly coming and kneeling, bowing afresh and anew to him this morning because the mission is there. Hernando is dark and needs to hear of Jesus. And you, sir, you, ma'am, you students, we are the ones who will take his name. Memphis is dark and needs to hear of Jesus. May we respond. Not going back to that dissatisfied life, but moving forward on the path that He has for us. Father, would You work? God, this is Your moment. This is Your time. Would You work in the hearts of these Yours? Sons and daughters of Yours. I ask it in Your Son's name. Stand and join us as we sing. The invitation is for us to come.